Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us someone that has managed a portfolio of over $200 million per year. And with a background in financial planning and analysis, he started selling on Amazon due to his passion for data analytics. He's very active in the FBA community and organizes meetups all across Canada. I should know because I have been there. Uh, he is also the founder of AMZ One Step, which is the leading Amazon listing optimization agency in Canada. And at this point, they have over 30 employees. We have with us Saddam Hassan. Saddam, how's it going? Doing really well, Quinn. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's, it's great that we're in the same cities, and finally we got to do this. So I'm, I'm really excited. Yes, man. We, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't even know how, how many years you've been, you've been in this city, but uh, for all <laughs> these years, we've only been together like three, yeah. three times in person. I believe so. Yeah, I think the first time we met was uh, about seven, eight weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Beer and pizza. Yeah. So, um, tell me, you, you when you started selling on Amazon, um, or when you first joined Amazon, was it as a seller, as a service provider, or were you working for somebody else, or were you just selling for you? Yeah, so um, completely different for me because, like you said, you know, I have a background in, in finance for the most part. Um, so I was more familiar with like managing budgets and, and portfolios. Uh, but then I started, um, you know, uh, understanding more about Amazon and, and mostly retail arbitrage. So that's how I kind of jumped in the market. Um, I had a few successful runs with retail arbitrage. It's quick money, but it's a lot of sweat equity, as I call it. So uh, slowly I thought, okay, what's like the long-term approach? And, in, you know, I searched on YouTube, I searched on different platforms, joined a few Facebook groups, and I found out that private label was something that was long-term. You know, you brand your own products. And, um, yeah, so that's how I kind of slowly, you know, navigated towards uh, private label. And then one year, I, I believe this was 2017, uh, there was a conference being held at Alibaba's um, uh, campus in, in China. Hmm. And this was in Hangzhou. They have a beautiful campus, you know, just like Google. And I got the opportunity to go there um, as a Canadian representative. Um, just, you know, applied and I got accepted. And sort of just communicating with a lot of suppliers and a lot of uh, people over there young people running more than 10 mil in revenue per year. And that kind of inspired me. So I came back and I thought, you know what, I need to uh, launch my own product label. Of course, being a data geek, um, I was a fan of a lot of the software. So I kind of did a product research from that. And, you know, that was my entry to product label, private label on Amazon. Yeah. You know, you, you just said uh, you called yourself a data geek. And that's one of the things... I wish I had a little bit more of, because if you don't know the data, I mean, you're, you're, you're flying blind, right? It's like trying to fly a plane without having GPS or anything, uh, because the, the numbers tell you what the truth is. And sometimes I, um, I don't know if it's ADD or something, but I cannot focus 100% on it. So I have to give that to somebody else. Right. And uh, it, it, it hurts me that I, I'm not 
more like you when it comes to the, the data because I know how important it is. You know what? A lot of entrepreneurs are, are, are the same, right? Because they have to focus. Being an entrepreneur, you have to focus on the whole supply chain. So uh, data, more data focused has its downside too. Because I'm so fixated on the numbers and the reports, I want to have like fancy Excel spreadsheets on two screens. You know, I want to look at everything. So sometimes you miss out on a lot of the other things, where which is more key to decision making and, and making the the brand successful. So definitely pros and cons to it. What yeah. what you don't know, you just outsource. So that's my philosophy. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Knowing when to give that job to somebody else—that's the important thing. Because even though I would like to know to be able to do it since I can't, you know, delegate. That's that's the important part. Exactly. So uh, lately, well, not lately, constantly, Amazon is always changing, right? Yes. So um, how have the dynamics of creating a brand on Amazon changed over the last year? Yeah, so um, the landscape has changed tremendously, right? Uh, back uh, when when I started, or back when you started, I mean, you started a long time ago. Uh, you know, you used to get ranked so easily. There weren't a lot of sponsored placements. Um, ranking was easy. You know, the first page wasn't taken over by Amazon's choice or editorial recommendations or all of that stuff, right? So in terms of placing your product and making it visible, the landscape has become extremely competitive and it's become very pricey. So just like Google, I feel like Amazon has kind of evolved. Uh, they've made a lot of micro changes to their algorithm. And now it's it's a whole brand approach. So even if you look at, let's say, ranking techniques, um, you can't just do giveaways with one method and, and rank it to the top. There's a lot of social signals in play. You know, you have to show Amazon that it's a proper brand with audiences outside of Amazon uh, we know today that 30% of your traffic comes from external sources. So the focus has kind of shifted. Um, Amazon's becoming more of a pay-to-play market. And yeah. also it's looking at other platforms like Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and, and leveraging that data in order to bring it in front of the customers because it knows then that your brand is something that's preferred by customers outside of Amazon. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the paid to play is so true. I don't know if you noticed, but depending on resolution of your screen, the number of products per line change, right? It could be three or it could be five or four. Uh, but the number of ads have increased that if you have, let's say, for example, for the resolution that I have, if you have four products in one line, all are sponsored right now. And exactly. it, it used to be two sponsored, right? A top banner ad two sponsored, then all organic. Uh, now the entire first line is is paid to play. So it, it could also be good, a good thing, right, Saddam? Because if you if you want to pay, I mean, you can get first page immediately, right? It is a great thing, I think, because over the long run, when you become a brand and you have a lot of SKUs in your storefront, um, you know, you can dominate pretty much the full page with sponsored brand ads. You know, you have sponsored product ads listed videos in search. There's sponsored product ads in between and underneath uh, at the bottom as well. So pretty much whatever placement you can get, whether it's in the search pages or on the product pages, you should take advantage of. So and it's 
even though it's becoming competitive, it's also a unique opportunity for you to place your product more in front of the customers. Absolutely. So uh, there's one of the things I want to ask you because I think we have different opinions in one of the things. Okay. And it is, well, it also depends on the category, but I'm a fan of 3D rendering. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you're a bigger fan of product photography. Is that true? So uh, in textbook terms, if you look at Amazon's terms of service, um, they say it's non-compliant because technically it's not a, um, it's not a, uh, the, the accurate image of the product. But I do see a lot of demand for it, especially now with such a globalized market, right? Because you have brands, uh, even if they're, let's say, selling on, on the U.S. market, they're not necessarily in the U.S. Or even service providers, if you want to go for the the best ones in the market, they might not be in your local area. So I do understand the demand for it. And sometimes it's a lot more con- convenient because you can use uh, software like SketchUp or, or Max 3D, any of these, get it rendered. It looks completely realistic and you can have any kind of lifestyle sequences drawn out from those 3D renders. Um, what I do recommend sometimes is like a quick cheat is, you know, there's real photo shoot, there's 3D renders, but then there's an in-between called 3D mock-up. So the way that's different is you can use any platform like Shutterstock or Adobe Stock. Let's say you're setting supplements. You can get 3D rendered uh, images on that or like extremely high-res photo shoots done for a product. Get the bottle and put your label on it. So that's like a quick way you can get, especially for the main image, because I see a lot of main images being outstanding, right? They're like shiny. They have the right light reflection on it. It makes it so exciting. And uh, if you do a product photo shoot, uh, especially within your house, you might not be able to produce the same quality. So even though my preference is more towards product photography, um, I still think, you know, 3D rendering is a really good way to to get your products uh, images done in an outstanding manner. Yeah, you, you know how how I fell in love for the first time with the 3D rendering was uh, a, a while back um, while while selling supplements. All the supplement bottles were white mm-hmm. because Amazon wanted the pure white background. When if you do photography, it was almost impossible to see the bottle on the white part, so they could only see the label and the cap of the. So um, it was so frustrating, uh, and that's when uh, when when I got the the first three D renderings, and man, it was it looked better than than the real thing. So it was, which is like you said, it's not really compliant because it's a bit deceiving. But uh, then there there's the other side where uh, right now I have somebody that works for me that does does them, um, does three D renderings and all kinds of design. But she will not touch certain articles like clothing. The other day, I had a customer that had a clothing article, and nobody will do three three D rendering of clothing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's I guess it's just so hard. So yeah, so so we um, we have that capability in our team as well. But some a lot of products with with texture and you know different curves, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to kind of three D render that, especially. 
making it as realistic as possible. There's a, a, a big supplement client that we have and they have the same issue. All of them are white bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, it just comes down to how you retouch the product later. So what we typically do is on the edges, we would give it a bit of a grayish tone mm-hmm. um, and that kind of makes it pop out a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. So what we do is something similar to uh, on the bottle itself, have the bike, the background pure white and the bottle itself, you change the tone like two numbers down. So it's uh, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Yeah. With, with picture, I mean, now everything is possible today, but so how about brand registry? Um, you are your brand register right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm not currently selling myself. Uh, you know, I liquidated last year, uh, sold it on Empire Flippers. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. But uh, yes, brand registry, a lot of our clients are brand registered. Um, you know, thanks to your tip, we've actually proposed that to uh, two of our, our clients now. Um, I, I don't know if you want to, by the way, say it for the audience, uh, just the tip that you mentioned. We're in the same group, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, I could definitely say it. So it's, um, I don't know, I don't know how long it's going to be around. And I try this three times. And I'm, actually, sorry, I tried this four times with brand registry, and this is to apply for brand registry while your trademark is pending. So two trademarks were forty-eight hours old when I applied, and I got the two of them the same week. Then applied for a third one, and it took eight days to get it. Um, and now applied for a fourth one for for a friend, and we haven't heard back yet. But it's been it's only been like four days. And I'll I'll have to drop the link on the show notes so you guys can can check it out. It's this is the uh, Amazon link. It's uh, unfortunately it's not a, a you if you go to Amazon you cannot click your way to find that link. Oh. It's on it's on Amazon, but they don't say there's no uh, what do you call it? The, the site map will not take you there. It's funny. So uh, anyway, for anybody that's interested in getting brand gated, it would be uh, a way to fast forward it without having to go through IP accelerator, which is pretty expensive. <laughs> yes, yeah. I I kept seeing. I thought I thought this was general knowledge. That's why I shared on the group the other day. And because uh, I heard people saying, I paid 1400 bucks. I've been waiting for nine months. I'm like, really? And uh, so, yes, it's, uh, it's still working. So I don't know if everybody joins, if it will stop or not. But this may just be the future, maybe like that. Yeah, getting it fast forwarded. So brand registry, of course, is very important because... Um, First of all, you get some sort of protection, right? Um, you know, your brand is registered with Amazon. Uh, even those hijackers can still come and sell on your listings. There is a little bit more proactiveness on Amazon's side if uh, you do report a product uh, that's been counterfeited. Uh, the other thing is you get accesses to a lot more things like, um, you know, A-plus content that's extremely well, if, if you want to have your product placement maximized on your product page, you also get access to brand analytics, um, which is great for any search term data. Or the biggest thing that I point out to a lot of clients is knowing your customer. 
So it now gives you demographics data, which is, you know, the like age, marital status, household income, education, all of that, which can then become part of your content strategy when you're doing the SEO for your uh, product, because you want to understand who's actually buying your product and listing optimization is not just a one-time thing. It has to be continually evolving. And as you learn more about your audience or about your purchasers, you adapt it accordingly. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. It's, um, I call it the 1%. So it's the 1% increase. You, I check the listings, even though I optimized something two days ago, I still go to that listing and see, is there something I can do better? Maybe, maybe I have to remove a comma somewhere. And, and then for anybody listening, don't just do random changes. I, I'm sure Saddam agrees with this. You have to measure because uh, if you don't know the results, you don't know, you're just guessing. So A-B test everything. Uh, there's, there's a tool out there, uh, not that I'm not advertising for them because it's 100% free. Uh, it's Sellerly. It's a tool by SEMrush. Sellerly um, does A-B testing and it's free. There's no monthly fee. And it measures, uh, it measures a lot of more things than they actually show because they actually show uh, which product sold more like last week or this week's. But they, they also measure in the back end, they measure conversion rate and all that. So you, ne you need to know if the changes that you did on, let's say, June 17th at 3 p.m., like I take timestamps when I make a change, so That's I know. Did it sell more because I did the changes? And then there's other things too, like did it sell more because, I don't know, because it was Christmas Eve? Right or the days that you do it was it a stat in in the USA was it a holiday in Canada that kind of stuff too you gotta you gotta know yeah that's a, that's a very good point right because when you're selecting a time frame for your split testing you need to make sure you're testing it in isolation so any external influences uh, you have to know let's say stat holidays or or maybe it's Prime Day so. Um, you know, isolating it from those factors is very important to understanding whether it actually had a benefit or not. Absolutely. I actually have something to tell you when exactly what you said. It's one of those factors that you, you, couldn't, you couldn't account for. And this happened probably two months ago when everybody in the U.S. Uh, got, I don't know if it's everybody, but most people got, it was called the Trump check because okay. of coronavirus and everybody received 1400 bucks for uh, i don't know uh, the reason that day sales in the beauty category they, they skyrocketed and we had no idea we actually thought it was because of the changes we did the day before i'm like this is incredible and then the next day it was back to normal i'm like wow so yeah then we learned through Facebook posts, of course, that everybody had received a check from the Trump check. I'm not sure what the official name is. Yeah. So back to A-plus content. Um, it's very important. We all know that the majority of people that visit, free, uh, not Facebook, but Amazon, do it on a mobile, right? right. So when you, when you do A-plus content, do you have any best practices? Like you go check it on a phone to make sure it looks perfect. 
That's a good point, right? Um, on a mobile, it will show differently. Uh, also, it's, it's going to be longer, uh, right? Because some mm -hmm. of uh, some of the, the modules where, let's say, you have a text on the left or and the banner on the right or vice versa, it's going to show vertically. Also, on the mobile, uh, we know that the A-plus content shows up before the features. So mm -hmm. it is very important. There are a few best practices when it comes to A-plus content. So first thing is don't stick to just one template. If you look at your A-plus content uploads, um, it, Amazon will recommend based on your category, which ones are the recommended uh, modules. So it's going to give you like a recommendation of two to three different modules. So let's say if it's electronics, you want to be a little bo a bit more on the tech specifics. Um, if it's, uh, let's say supplements, you want to make sure you're including all the ingredients and, and all the nutritional facts. So depending on what you want to present as content, that's the, there's specific modules for that. Now, Obviously, there's a lot of other things that you can leverage, uh, like there's free placement within A-plus content. So what we're doing currently with a lot of our big brands is we're leveraging comparison charts within A-plus content. It's the perfect way for free cross-selling placement, right? Because you can put in up to five different products uh, from your own brand and then compare different attributes or features of that. Um, and... The best thing is it's, it's, a, it's a backlink. So they can link uh, or click on it and go to that listing and then maybe make the purchase. And uh, for those of you who don't know which products, let's say if you have a product category uh, mix of 100 different products and you're not sure which ones to put together, um, again, going into brand analytics, you can see which products are being compared and which ones are the alternative purchases. So let's say uh, you have product A and it's, um, you know, there's 5% of the people are purchasing product B with it. Amazon will show you that data. So then you know exactly which ones to put in the comparison chart because you know the same target audience or the same buyers will be interested in buying that. So that, that one's pretty important. Um, the other thing is when it comes to A plus content, Amazon does a review. So unlike images, just don't put, FDA approved or anything that you can think of. Um, you know, FDA approved, I think is also becoming a very mute point, like in the features where people would put a hundred percent money back guarantee. Those things don't work anymore. I think uh, Amazon purchasers are becoming more uh, aware of these things. And it's dangerous so, now. And <sighs> it's dangerous. Yeah. So your whole listing, um, we had a situation where there was an FDA approved, um, you know, and the client came to us saying, okay, there's something wrong with Amazon. It got kicked up all the way to product compliance. Um, and once it's out of brand registry's hand and to that department, it's really difficult to resolve. So what ended up happening was uh, they had to ship back all the products and redo the listing. So they had hundreds of reviews, all of them gone because of just one claim that they put in uh, that they couldn't back up. Now, for a lot of these supplement or beauty products where they want to put FDA approved, uh, mm -hmm. maybe do your homework a little bit, ask your supplier, maybe they have GMP verification, which is a good manufacturing practice. If you have that, you can put it on your A plus content. And uh, if Amazon asks you for some backup information, at least the supplier can provide that and you can back it up. That's, so yeah, that's a really good one. 
a, a lot of things. And and there's the, obviously there's hacks and tricks you can do. Um, I've seen people put animations in A plus content. You know, creating it as a JPEG and uploading it. Uh, not recommended at all because that will open a can of forms you don't want to deal with. Um, so yeah, stick yeah. to the <laughs> stick to the recommended modules. Stick to a good format. You know, you want to have like your logo presence, uh, and then afterwards, what distinguishes your product? Call that out in the second module, and then underneath, if let's say you want to do like a three or four banner template, you know, have maybe the product being used in different scenarios or or different usages, um, and then underneath, you can either have like a value added service. Let's say if you have extended warranty, again. You can just put extended warranty. You need to apply uh, with Amazon if you, as a manufacturer, are providing extended warranty, and then you can have that in your A plus content. Or let's say if you're doing an ebook, uh, you know the the value add can go under in the bottom of the A plus content. And what we recommend is leveraging maybe seven modules so that you can take up as much space as possible on your product page. Yep. Go. And uh, one of the things you said, I think it's genius. It's that comparison chart with the cross placement for upsells. Uh, as a buyer, I do that. As a buyer, just the other day, I was buying one of those automatic uh, robot vacuum cleaners that vacuum by themselves, and I saw the comparison chart, and it it showed this one vacuums, this one sweeps this vacuums and sweeps and there's one that does mopping you add water so it mops as well when it goes to the tile surface i'm like wow so i clicked on that one and i got upsold because i wanted the other one right so as a buyer if you do something there's a good chance that others do it too and this comparison chart is is genius yes yeah and I, now that you mentioned upselling i think that's a great point right um for yeah. you might have a product with less traffic, but if it has all the things and it's more expensive, it's a good chance to upsell. Yeah, so. you, you get the lower the lower price one attracts people to the listing, and then when you go, you know, everybody that sees a comparison chart never goes to the most expensive or the cheapest. They always want to stay in the middle. Exactly. So if they open the product that you're selling for twenty bucks they see a comparison chart where there's a 40 and there's a 100, you may end up selling the $40 one instead of the 20, right? That's, that's why still an upsell. So it's, yeah. Yeah. That's why service providers always have, you know, the $99 thing, the 997 <laughs> and the 1997. And this, the middle one is always the most uh, taken. <laughs> the, the popular one. Yeah. Yeah. So how about um, the store storefronts? Do you see any benefits of having stores designed? Yes, um, massive benefits. First of all, like I said, Amazon is now moving more towards brand approaches, right? So storefronts, if you have a lot of products uh, that are similar, then it warrants to maybe design your own storefront. If you have maybe 10 products, but they're all in different niches, you might not necessarily benefit from it, uh, but you want to design your storefront if you have this a similar kind of a skew mix because then you can categorize it. You can have a few drop downs, and it's just like a website where you have multiple landing pages. So let's say if you have, if you're running sponsored brand ads, 
you know, you can run it to specific categories as opposed to just a whole list. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes very important and people are visual creatures. So if, if you show them fancy banners or even let's say a video in the storefront, uh, they'll be more attracted to it. And you want to kind of, uh, you know, lure them in, not lure them in, but you want to kind of uh, inspire like brand loyalty. So you want them to keep coming back. And obviously if they like your products, it's they're not just bound to then one product. They can look at, the whole array of products and and then keep coming back and making purchases. Absolutely. I like that. And I have video on my stores and I have, you know how you can create several pages, right? So for subcategories or whatever inside your store, my last page is always video, video only of all products in there. Just because I know you, you know, people get distracted and they get in there and if I can get them distracted watching my videos, why not, right? That's yeah, exactly. Videos have a lot more engagement than than just pictures, and you can tell your story much better in a video. So, a hundred percent, we're we're seeing a lot more engagement with videos, um, especially when when we categorize and and have our storefronts designed. Uh, we have one page specifically for the feature products. That's where you know, we recommend putting a video as well because there's so much engagement and you want them to land on uh, on that page where you have your top sellers or top performers. I like that. I, I want to I wanna share a tip of something we did recently and this is, uh, I'm proud of it. So it's um, basically we contacted comedians and we asked them to do videos of our products now, the thing was, some we have top Canadian comedians getting these videos done without pay, without pay. Now, the trick is we will never use that video or share that video anywhere without giving them credit. So, for example, if I spend a couple hundred grand on marketing my products, that means I'm spending a couple hundred grand marketing them because they are always mentioned in the videos. So it's a win-win and they are fantastic. It's so funny uh, that I, I keep watching them, right? It's so, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it worked out perfectly. So it's, and at the same time, it's influencer marketing because um, a lot of people know them, right? There's, of course, comedians, it's something like, you may know somebody and I don't, right? It's not like, not everybody is the top uh, Joe Rogan style comedian, but uh, we know we know how it works. That's funny. I've obviously you know uh, heard a lot about influencer marketing, but why comedians? What what thought uh, made you decide on that? Want me to be completely honest? Uh huh. Okay. Is they're funny? <laughs> that that was one thing. They were funny. Uh, the the one the one of the top things that alerted us to to get it with started with comedians was the fact that most stand-up comedians or just comedians in general are not always working so there's a lot of comedians that struggle and because they struggle there was two things one is well we can help them and then at the same time it's we know they will be more acceptable to accepting because 
we all hear it all the time, right? A comedian is is basically uh, is looking for work all the time because you don't just always get work. So that's why we thought about that, and it worked out fine. And then on top of that, uh, so there's uh, male and female comedians, and they do it together, and some of them are really good looking. So that also increases the engagement and the views. So that's incredible. That's very unique and very creative. Um, I'm, yeah. you know, definitely maybe after this, you know, I'd, I'd love to see uh, any examples and yeah, that's, that's creative. Thank you. So are you guys pretty big in, in video, like uh, product videos? Yes. Yeah. Um, now more than ever, because you'll see that as Amazon has become competitive, there's uh, a lot of new launches with products that are very unique. Um, some of them, if you just have hero shots on your listing, uh, people just won't know what to do. And, and, and they're not bothered reading features and, and no. too much text. You know, we have like a short attention span these days. So we try to window shop from product to product. Uh, so in those cases, extremely highly recommended because you want to kind of have an infomercial where you explain more about the product and its uses. Then there's some techie products that are more uh, expensive, let's say even beauty products that are premium. I feel like with images, you can indicate that it's a premium product, but videos are where you really bring it out. Um, you know, in like black lighting, you have a lazy Susan revolving around on a, on a matte black finish with reflections. I feel like those kind of videos really pop out. Uh, same thing if you have like an influencer, they can do something a bit about if it's like a fitness product and they're a big influencer in the fitness category. Uh, they can do a video about that. Sometimes there's products with a lot of multiple items. So you can even do just an unboxing experience, right? So yeah. there's a lot of different ways and you can get creative. Um, I mean, animations, I don't know if, if they work too much. We haven't really tested it out, but you can do explainer videos. Um, if it's a pet product, maybe you have like pets just talking and, and using the product. So um, yeah, you can get very creative with it. And the good thing is product videos, you're not just limited to one video. Um, I'm, I mean, usually people think, okay, it's like six images in one video, but you can upload to, I think, I believe it's like 10 videos you can upload. Um, and you can use the same video uh, in a lot of different places, like uh, videos in search. If, if you apply for that program, uh, sponsored brand videos, which were like headline uh, videos. Um, even there's a quick way of adding a video for free. Um, but I mean, I, I don't have the screen in front of me, but um, uh, you know, that's, that's a quick tip. And in rare cases, if you have A plus premium content, you can also upload it to the, those modules. Yeah, and on, on the related videos, the ones that uh, the buyers can upload. So anybody That's the one that I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. And those, I actually, uh, I, I taught that the other day on the podcast that um, you can upload your video. Let's say if you have, for example, one video, you can upload that video in every single one of your competitors' listings. Or yeah. Go to all your competitors and upload, copy and paste your title, copy and paste the, um, there's no description. Oh yeah. You can put a thumbnail. You can pick your thumbnail of the video or let it just self 
self-upload uh, and then upload it to all your competitors and um, it's organic free it's traffic. amazing it's right and, and you can name the title anything number one best-selling <laughs> yes. right so it's, yeah. yeah yeah and you and sometimes um, uh, we try we tested with, with with different thumbnails of of the video and there was one that we put that it was a female face and she was not on the video she was like peeking through a window and it looked so suspicious and weird and and people want to know what that is and uh, it's funny Thank that clickbait. yes it was kind of clickbaity but what's funny was that it was accepted <laughs> wow yeah so uh, incredible incredible yeah. so Saddam, uh do you guys do video at amz one step Yes, yeah, we do videos. Uh, we have our own big studio that we've uh, kind of, uh, you know, used here in Edmonton. And we have a partnership with a modeling agency. So based on any requirements, you know, we get models, whether it's in a specific category, let's say you need athletes, we have access to them, uh, any kind of pets. Uh, the one thing that's, and as you, you're, you're from this region as well, the one thing that's kind of restrictive is we don't have fancy beaches or mm -hmm. you know the warm weather the whole year around. So outdoors uh, sometimes become a, a challenge. But at the same time, if it's like uh, a sports product and has to be shot in the mountains, we've even done shoots in Banff uh, for that matter. So wow, yeah. I um, man, I want to do a shoot in Banff, and I may need some plus size models. Is we'll that, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so we'll have to discuss that after because I'll need something like that. And and then we could also do a bunch of those uh, 45 second videos, the ones that we can use for the sponsored video, right? Exactly, yeah. So usually uh, even the length that we recommend is around the 45 second, uh, especially because anything more than a minute. And like I said, if... I know there's a lot of passionate uh, brand owners out there um, who want to tell their story. So you're not just restricted to one video. So feel free to have like a five minute video where you explain your whole brand story and, and put that as a secondary video. But if you want to grab attention and do it quickly, the recommended timeline is around the 45 second mark. Anything over that people tend to lose interest. You want to have like a call to action at the end. So, um, so that they're convinced right after they watch the video. Absolutely. And without, without mentioning your external website or the URL, we did, we did that mistake. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, calling that out. So yeah, that, that was another thing that I wanted to say, even videos or A plus content or anything, right? You don't want to have any external links. Um, if it's not taken down, that doesn't mean it will stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of, one of uh, the clients uh, had a YouTube link uh, in their features. That was it. That was their whole, you know, bullet points. So they were arguing it's not taken down. I think it's legit. And um, I, just, I just told them, I was like, it's bound to be reported one day or the bot's going to catch it. So, yeah. That, um, that's the thing. Because sometimes you think you got away with it. But if you're doing something that you shouldn't, one of your competitors that already hates you, they will report you for it. Exactly, yeah. And it's even, so there's severities, right? Uh, having wrong keywords or, or false claims obviously are more severe. 
having external links, I would say, is slightly less severe. Um, and then images, it's so easy to reinstate or, I mean, it's like a suppressed image usually. People say main image, you just want to have the, the product in there. Um, yes, and that's what we're doing as well most of the time where we maximize the white space and uh, have just a product in there. But for split testing purposes, sometimes we would also create an alternative main image where we create like shadows or mirror reflections underneath the product. Um, maybe show it as it is levitating because sometimes when you're going through the search pages, if, if you're seeing the same thing, it's not going to catch your eye, right? So like you said earlier, have like a good split testing period and test these things out. You can do it even before you put it on Amazon. You can maybe ask your audience on, on social media or um, any other platform, even your friends and family, which one you think they think will do better if it was placed in the top searches. Yeah, that, that, that's fantastic advice. You know, a lot of people are afraid to take their ideas before they launch them, show them to somebody because they're afraid they're going to take their idea. And uh, I, I tell everybody, nobody's going to steal your idea. Half of the people that you show it to, they're going to forget about it the second they pull out their phone and go on Facebook or they go home, go on Netflix. They don't care. A lot of them are not entrepreneurial. And the truth is you can get um, a tip that may save you thousands of dollars. And I know personally because a few years ago, Saddam, I launched a baby product. And I have three kids. At the time, I only had one. But guess what? Because I thought I was the expert of sourcing and launching and all that stuff, I didn't ask my wife. I didn't. She didn't even know I had that brand, right? No, you got to get the female opinion on that. So guess what happened? During the launch, it was fantastic. It was, you know, mixed giveaways, a bit of sales velocity, and it was going fine. And after that, it died. And we lowered the price, everything, and it wouldn't pick up. Um, when I told my wife, and she looked at it, she said, I wouldn't buy that. She wouldn't buy my own. And the reason was because I was selling one baby blanket. It's a swaddle, a Muslim swaddle or mus muslin swaddle and um, top quality and everything. But she said, every parent knows you need four or five of those per day. Nobody's going to buy one on Amazon. And then when she said that, I checked Every single one of the top sellers had a four pack. Wow. And I missed that. Right? Yeah. So, so that goes back to the same point, right? You have to understand your customer avatar and, and target. What, what do they want? So, exactly. Uh, yeah, getting. And a lot of times, this is a prime example. A lot of times, brand owners think they know their product the best. Uh, but trust me, there's information out there. So, ask your friend's family, look through the reviews, look through the editorial recommendation section because those guys are also like doing research and, and posting blogs on, on the product. So yeah, just even Quora, Reddit, all of those things, right? Yeah. And don't fall in love with your idea if you're the only one that likes it, right? <laughs> don't get married to the idea. That's, uh, I 100% agree. Um, so I know where to find you. 
but let everybody else know where can they find you if they are looking for you? Yeah, for sure. So, um, my, I mean, you can, uh, find myself on LinkedIn, you know, Saddam Hassan. Um, I'm also active on Facebook. You know, we have, um, some groups like on WhatsApp meetup. So, uh, pretty, um, you know, positioned on all of the social media platforms and then my company AMZ one step. So our website is www.amzonestep.com on Facebook and Instagram. We're AMZ one step. Um, also on Twitter, you can find us on AZ one step. We just got a TikTok account. So also nice. watch out for that account. Uh, there's going to be a lot of content exploding from it. Cool. So I got them, I got them all here and I'm going to have them on the, sh on the show notes so you guys can check them out. All of Saddam's uh, links will be there. AMZ1step.com is also there. And I'll also throw in there the link for you guys if you want that immediate brand registry, uh, even before you receive the trademark, it will be in there as well. So Saddam, thanks again for this. We gotta, we gotta meet up in person one of these days. Of course. I don't know if you're still hiding from COVID or if you're done with that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, uh, I mean, things have gotten a bit better, obviously, uh, practicing social distancing. But yeah, I'm looking forward to going back in civilization, to be honest. Uh, I was stuck for three months in Pakistan, so I, I kind of had a good share of my self-isolation period. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even coming in, you have to self-isolate for two weeks. So uh, yeah, I feel like I, I miss humanity and, and mankind just, just ready to get out there. Uh, yeah, I'm ready too. It's I had enough. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're gonna do um, you know a, a meetup, so maybe in a park or somewhere. So it'd be nice to see everyone there. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure doing this episode with you. Um, you know, really good conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Vakman. <laughs>